Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. up from the prelims over the weekend. The NRL finally see common sense. Tim Payne's a big story as well and there's plenty of coaching moves from the AFL clubs and delistings as well. And don't forget, time on is your say on the news of the day. Yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can in the circumstances that you're currently in, depending on how you're finding us and where you're finding us. It's great to have your company. Sam Hargraves is my name. Time on your say on the news of the day. one 736 736 And a heap to get through. Thanks to anybody who got a test done today. Thanks to anyone that got vaccinated today. And thanks to all our frontline workers for continuing to do what you're doing for us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 I said is the number 0433981116 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. So there's a lot making news today, but not a heap in regards to a grand final that's going to be in two weeks' time. Uh, we know now it's going to be a Saturday night in the Eastern States, a twilight in WA, and it's going to be the second all-Victorian grand final in the 18-team era. The first was last year, Richmond and Geelong. And weirdly, for the two times that we've had an all-Victorian grand final in the 18-team era, both of those will be played outside uh, of Victoria. So in regards to that game, not a heap that's making news in and around those, but we will take you through some of the reaction today from some of the biggest names on SEN and how they saw the events of the weekend. Uh, Friday night's massive 83-point win the Demons over the Cats into their first grand final since 2000, looking for their first, as we know, since 1964. And the Western Bulldogs, that demolition that they put on Port Adelaide, 71 points. That game was over 14 minutes into the first quarter. And these two teams met back in 1954 in a grand final. That was the first that the Dogs ever won. The names that day etched in history, Ted Witten, Charlie Sutton, Jack Collins, who kicked seven goals, Charlie Sutton, the coach, of course. Ron Barassi, Dennis Cordner, Spencer McMahon. These names for Melbourne and Norm Smith, the great Norm Smith. Those were the big names on that occasion. And in two weeks' time, the names of Gorn, Oliver, Petrarca, and then Bontempelli, Liberatore, McRae. These names get added uh, to that list one way or the other. So it's really exciting. There's, as Jared said in the call on the weekend, it is one for the history buffs. It's one for the romantics. It's 
Um, it's one for the tragics, and we can't wait for it. But it's going to be a long two weeks. So how do we how do we fill our time, and what do we put on the agenda? That's up to you. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Of course, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text. Temper uh, a mattress like no other. Probably the biggest story getting around today from an NRL point of view is the decision by the NRL that was raised by the Melbourne Storm about a week ago when they had a look at the schedule for the prelim final and the Storm had to say to the NRL, hey, listen, if we make that, we're going to be up against uh, the, the AFL grand final and given that our market uh, is Victoria, that sort of puts us at a bit of a disadvantage if we're to make that. Now, the NRL at the time, Anthony Abdo, um, the CEO, he didn't seem to care too much about that and said, no, no, we won't be changing. We're concerned about our game, not their game. Well, there's been a bit of a backlash from that. Uh, Justin Rodsky was on speaking to Jerry Waitley earlier today and had this to say about that initial decision. The Storm, of course, uh, gave uh, the Manly a fair touch-up in a 40-12 to win over the weekend. They booked their spot in that prelim for a couple of weeks' time at Suncorp Stadium. It was scheduled for Saturday night. Uh, this was Justin Rodsky speaking to Jared Whateley earlier today. Yeah, we're disappointed, Jared, for our fans, most importantly for sports fans in Melbourne and across Victoria. Uh, it's a missed opportunity. And, and uh, you know, with good planning and good scheduling, it could have been avoided. And um, we did raise this with the NRL last week. Uh, we think it's a, a missed opportunity. Um, we would have preferred to have been playing on the Friday night and if not on the Friday night, we would have preferred to be playing in a different time slot. And we suggested to the NRL that the game be moved to a four o'clock start, uh, Suncorp Stadium, twilight game, uh, leading into the news for Channel 9. Uh, but unfortunately, they came back to us and said, no, we're going to stick to the schedule as is, and you'll be playing on Saturday night at 7.50 up against the AFL Grand Final. So ultimately, it doesn't impact us from a football point of view. Uh, we prepare as normal, but... A big part of this for us is ensuring that we continue to promote the game of rugby league into Victoria, that our fans and members you know, can enjoy watching our team play. And whilst they still can, we just think it's a, a huge missed opportunity uh, to be scheduling our game up against the AFL Grand Final with two Melbourne teams playing in it. So that was Storm CEO Justin Rodsky speaking to Jared Whateley, who was pretty strong on this as well. The sheer idiocy of the NRL to schedule the Storm preliminary final in opposition to a, an all-Victorian AFL grand final. If you if it, you were ever in any doubt that the NRL doesn't give a fig about Melbourne Storm, it was there in the scheduling. Uh, that cannot argue with that at all. So when you're looking at that decision, you're thinking, well, hang on, you're either arrogant, um, you're either disrespectful, you're either cruel, or you're dumb. And maybe you're all of the above. The NRL, it was an astounding decision to dig their heels in the way that they did. But thankfully, someone with a modicum of sense um, and understanding that there is actually a team south of New South Wales that has been the most dominant team in the NRL since they came in. They average a minor premiership every 2.8 years and they've made eight out of the last 10 prelims um, and are a powerhouse in the game cannot be just fobbed off that way and nor can their fans and nor can their members. And I would say that some of the people that rang in with just that modicum of common sense might have been the broadcasters who said, hang on, you're telling me that uh, Melbourne Storm, who rate highly, you're not going to... You're going to put them up against the AFL Grand Final um, when we're paying X amount and we've got sponsors and they've got sponsors. Are you kidding me? I don't know if that's the conversation, but if I was running a TV network, that would have been how I would have... <laughs> 
broached the subject. Uh, this was Justin Rodsky when the decision was handed down, speaking to Bob and Andy earlier today, to change that time slot to a 4pm twilight game at Suncorp Stadium. So what a lead-in this is going to be. Storming a prelim into the AFL Grand Final, that is going to be a day. It's a great decision, clearly. Uh, you know, we started conversations with the NRL last week when we saw the potential clash. Obviously, it would have been a mute point if we had a lost on Friday night, but as soon as we'd won that game and uh, the schedule was going to clash with the grand final of the AFL, particularly now with two Melbourne teams playing, um, common sense has prevailed. The game's been moved forward to 4 o'clock and... Now every sports fan in Melbourne, not only Melbourne Storm fans and members get to see the game, but uh, everyone across the state and across the city gets to sit down and watch the Melbourne Storm play in the preliminary final and the lead-up to the AFL Grand Final. So that, that, so that is good news. And, hey, better late than never. Um, sometimes you, you can lead a horse to water. You can't force them to drink. Um, but thankfully someone did actually grab the horse that is the NRL by the reins and said, start drinking <laughs> and start drinking now. You fools. Uh, so good to see that that decision's been handed down. Um, the other big story from an on-AFL point of view today, um, obviously there's some great results that have occurred over the weekend, um, and we'll speak about Dylan Orcott, the Golden Slam from him, Daniel Ricciardo as well, some Aussies in the NFL doing really good things. But um, Cricket Australia released a statement in regards to Tim Payne. He's undergone surgery in Hobart today to repair a pinched nerve, so a bone spur in his neck, uh, which will allow him to prepare for the upcoming test summer. So this injury um, is pretty common. Well, common's probably not the right word, but it has been around before. So... Um, it's Matt Rogers, uh, former NRL and uh, and uh, rugby union player, had it in 06. Nathan Jones, um, Melbourne, great um, and much loved D, had it in 2016 and were much better for that operation after they'd had it. Um, he's been suffering from pain in his neck and left arm due to a bulging disc, which, was re- which had reduced his ability to train. According to a report in The Australian, he hasn't been able to train for six weeks. Uh, they got him into a surgeon. They got him in for surgery, and the general consensus is um, to have that surgery now, and then he should be able to restart physical activity by the end of this month, be back in full training in October, and then be ready to go for the first test. Uh, And he said he's very much looking forward to what will be a huge summer, 35 tests. And um, given that they've only played four tests since 2019 Ashes, uh, he hasn't been able to clock up that 50 mark, which he would have in normal times, and he's done a great job uh, captaining our country. So there's report saying in doubt, but if you read that statement, it would seem that, no, if it all goes according to plan, then um, he should be cherry ripe to go. Um, I just want to press pause on just some of the news of the day for a moment. One of the things I was most excited about doing today, uh, if Melbourne had got through, was to speak to a regular listener to the show, and she's called in from time to time to celebrate what's been a phenomenal uh, journey for the D's since uh, 2018 and, and missing finals last year and and for for this person, that journey goes back a, a hell of a lot longer. So she rang me up earlier on this year and said that she'd actually been at the last Melbourne grand final win back in 1964. It's been 47 years um, since they've been able to raise the cup again. They've been to the grand final on two occasions, in 88 and 2000. There's been a whole lot that's happened to this football club. They've endured a lot of pain um, and... Uh, and a lot of hardship, and so I was so excited to be able to speak to Hillary from Croydon today, who we've been able to get up on the phone. Hillary, hello. 
Hello, how are you? Well, I'm fine, but let I'm me ask, well. how are I you? It's actually 57 years since they won. You're right, sorry. And I saw all their premierships in the 50s and the one in 64, but my kids, who one of them's been a member 50 years, he lives at Harvey Bay now, he has for six years, but he still buys an $800 membership, reserved seat, won't give it up, and my younger son's been a member 43 years. He was round here tonight, and he's that excited. He went and bought two flags that sit on your window, on the back windows, and he's got them flying out of his car. Hillary, that's brilliant. What was what were you feeling? What were the emotions that you were going through on Friday night? Oh, I was so excited. I was so excited. I was jumping up and down. I rang Damien. When he said you haven't rung up, I'm sorry. I, I just... He happened to be on when the game had finished and everything. And I just rang him, you know. But yep. uh, I will ring you. What's your name again? <laughs> Hargrave. Yes, Sam. Sam Hillary. Sam um, Hargrave. Yes, it is. Now, uh, But I never know what time you're on. I thought you were on later. And oh, I that makes two of us. <laughs> it changes. Said, what time beyond? It changes from week to week. But normally around this time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and, and Thursday this week as well. But enough about me. Um, what... Um, what about Max Gorn? What were you th- that's oh, one of the greatest well, prelim final performances we've seen, probably since Jeff Farmer kicked nine in that 2000 yeah. prelim. What did you think of Maxie? Oh, he is fantastic, and he's the loveliest guy you'd ever wish to meet. I reckon he's the best captain in the league. Well, uh, I think you're 100% right at the moment. Um, and he was every inch of that, wasn't he? Um, four goals in that oh, third he quarter. Was just brilliant. Well, they all played well, really. Langdon was good. Um, Cosie Pickett was good. Um, Traka was good. Oliver was good. Brown was good. And uh, Lever was good. <clears throat> they were, you know, they were all good, really. Even um, the other Ruckman. Um, oh, God, I can't Jackson? even know now. Jackson. Yes. Luke Jackson. He's only 19. He is brilliant. He is. He is. Hillary. For um, 19 years. So in the time since 1964, there's been a lot spoken about, about some of the pain that Melbourne have, have gone through. Obviously, the, the the curse of Norm Smith, and then there's what happened in the 87 prelim, the 88 grand final, 2000, and then that 2018 prelim as well. There was almost a merger in 96, and then there's been some really tragic deaths of, of beloved Melbourne people like oh, Troy Broadbridge, Sean Wright, Dean Bailey, Robbie Flower, yeah. Jim Steins, of course, and Neil Danaher and with the fight Sean for MND. White. Yes, Sean White. So when were you sort of reflecting on all of that in the moments of, of, of Friday night? Oh, Friday night? I felt so sad. I feel so sorry because my husband died last year and he used to go every week, you mm. know. Yep. And it breaks my heart that he's not here to see this. Just breaks my heart. And but he was the loveliest man, and he'd been a member 55 years. I've been a member 70 years. Yep. Because I used to go with my dad, Barrett, to Melbourne, and he used to take me. In the, so I saw all their premierships in the 50s and the last one in 64, but my kids haven't seen any, so. How excited are you, you for know. them as well? And, and obviously there's oh, the sorrow so attached excited. to it, but there's the joy as well. But I'm so proud that I go every week, whether they win, lose, 
drawer, if they're on the bottom of the ladder, if they're on the top of the ladder, I still go every week because I love the club. I don't know how people can change clubs, and a lot of people do. Oh, I agree with you. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. So how will A lot you... of people... Sorry, Hilary. Pardon? How will you watch yeah. on in two weeks' time? What Obviously, we're a bit hamstrung son, in what we can and can't do. My son and my daughter-in-law are coming round. They're going to buy a whole lot of food at Costco, and they're bringing it round for tea, and we're going to have that, and then we're going to sit and watch the the football. So I hope it's good. Oh, God, I hope they win. I pray to my... My darling husband, I've got his picture on here on the phone. Beautiful. And I've got loads of pictures of him inside, but I always get the phone out and I kiss him and I say, please, David, Barrick hard for the demons, darling. The only day I didn't say it was the day we played North Melbourne, who were on the bottom, and at halftime we were 19 points down. And I said, oh, I know why we're down. I haven't kissed David and said, Barrick hard. And we won after that. Oh, they, well, you've got to make sure. I'm, I'm imagining that's the first thing you're doing when you wake up on the 25th. Well, I do. I've got a I've got a nephew that lives in Perth. Yep. And I sent him seven uh, barcodes, and he said he got seven tickets. Oh, that's fantastic! That's great. So I was really thrilled. He rang me before and told me I got seven tickets, Auntie Hill. He said. So I was really pleased. He's going to barrack for the Demons. He barracks for the Lions, which I thought I thought they should have beaten the Bulldogs. I thought that umpiring that night was absolutely disgraceful. It did. You you, you wouldn't be Robinson Crusoe for some who thought the same thing. But there is a there, oh. is, a, there is a romance to it though, Hillary, isn't there? I mentioned before that when the yes, dogs won, they, yeah. And you know why I hate playing this mob because they get the world <laughs> off the umpires. <laughs> They're on top. They're on top. They are. They are. They, they had are. more free kicks than anywhere until just recently. Melbourne were on the bottom. They were minus seven. They would have been minus 20-something after playing West Coast, the freeze they got. But now they say we're second bottom. I just don't understand how you can be second bottom. when I, We were on top of the ladder more times, longer than Footscray, and yet... So we must have been in front to be getting the ball to win all those games. And yet we're down the bottom with the umpires. I can't, I just don't understand it. Well, hopefully in a couple of weeks, Hillary, you, we won't have to worry about them at all. And Melbourne will be able to do you proud and, and, and do your, your beautiful late husband oh, proud as well. I hope they win. I'll be that nervous when the night comes. Absolutely. I'll be so nervous. Not so much for me, for my kids. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to win too, but I'd love it to. I'd love them to win for my kids because they've never. I used to say to them, "Yes, you have seen a grand final. You saw the '87 night grand final when they beat Essendon, and you saw '89 night grand final when they beat Geelong. Oh, that's not a proper grand final, Mum. They said, <laughs> but they, they just love Melbourne like me, and all my grandkids bear it to Melbourne." Well, that's beautiful. Hilary, um, I was really keen to be able to speak to you knowing that the D's had got through and I'm so glad that you enjoyed the night and obviously there was a, a tinge of sadness with your, your late husband, but make sure you kiss that photo again in a couple of oh, weeks' time no, and, every, and enjoy, I enjoy. Every, I do every time they play. I, I just wish he was here to see it. It's so sad. It is. It is. You know, he was a member 55 years and... We were married 53 and a half years when he died. We were married 54 years 
March just gone on the 17th, and we went out together for three years, so we were together 56 and a half years, and I can't drive, so I sold the car. But you see, he used to take me everywhere, you know, we did everything together. And um, he used to take me to the hairdresser, to the nail place, to everywhere, you know. He was, I've got a half taxi fare now, but I mean, I can't go anywhere now anyway, so. Hillary? At the moment. It's been beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And enjoy it as much as you can. And I'll be thinking of you. And we might even chat to you again in a couple of weeks, okay? Stay well. I will. I'll ring ring you again. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for talking to me. It was lovely. At any time. The line always open. Uh, Hillary in Croydon, long-time Demons fan. And I know there's a lot that we're keen to see how she experienced that, uh, as happy as she is. and, And it's great, too. And... Um, there's a tinge of sadness in there as well, and we absolutely uh, understand that. And uh, that would speak to a lot of Melbourne fans who have lost loved ones who haven't been able to see what hopefully they're going to see uh, on Saturday in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, back into the news of the day, your calls as well. So Peely, Mark, Tom, uh, Rob Dog as well. Stay right there. Uh, we'll come back to you on the other side of this. Time on, SEN. Uh, welcome back to Time On. Geez, that's the old cold sweeper coming in. It's the old generic, not even a name or the music in there. Uh, welcome back. Time on, 0433981116. A lot of love for Hillary coming in off the temper text, Sam. Uh, that interview with Hillary was incredible. The story about kissing her husband's photo for good luck was amazing. Uh, made me cry while I'm out for a jog. 44-year D, uh, 44-year D supporter here. It's a crazy emotional time. Don't know what I'm going to do for the next 12 days. Go Demons. That's from uh, Aaron in Clifton Springs. Uh, Hillary puts in a perspective... Um, uh, no, that's that's probably a bit harsh, Lee, that one. Um, Sam, that was awesome. Hillary is a gem. God bless her. I want the Ds to win for her now. Cheers, Nick. Uh, anyone who says it's just a game should listen to that. It's far more than a game. Footy is part of our lives. JB and St Kilda. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. Um, a couple of people, I cannot believe this, blowing up about uh, Hillary having a say about umpires and... and yeah, okay. Take, just calm down. Just calm down. Um, the person who says they're never going to listen again to me because of Hillary's view on the umpire, that's absolutely your choice. I think if you'd listened to me during the year, you'd know that I'm very much a pro-umpire person. Um, but the point of the call was Hillary was to speak to someone who'd been a long-suffering D supporter, was there the last time they won a premiership in 64. Her kids haven't. Her husband uh, passed away last year and was such a big part of her football life and obviously her life as well, which goes without saying. So I think you're missing the point uh, of that particular chat. Um, and I'm not even sure why I've read out that negative text anyway. But thanks to those who have come through uh, with the positive ones as well who understood what that was all about. Uh, and I appreciate those texts, 043-98-1116. So some coaching moves as well before I get to Peely, Mark, Chris and and Rob Dog, Justin Lepich, Brendan Bolton are going to join the Pies. So this is a bit of a super group that that Collingwood are putting together to join Craig McRae. So Justin Lepich... Uh, has been at Richmond through their glory years, three-time premiership player with Craig McRae at Brisbane, of course, and has been uh, probably the recruit of the year, the rookie of the year in the media stakes as well. He and Brendan Bolton are joining the Pies. Brendan Bolton, long-time assistant at Hawthorne. He had the top job at Carlton for a while, went back to the Hawks. So Lep is going to be head of strategy while having uh, line responsibilities as a coach of defence. And... uh, 
Brendan Bolton will be director of coaching and will work with the midfield as well. David Hale now returns to the Hawks with that vacancy created by Brendan Bolton. So he was a three-time premiership Hawk. Uh, he'll be an assistant coach. He joins Andrew Collins returning uh, to Hawthorne, who is going there as the head of development, which um, for the nostalgics is wonderful. Collins Langford Air is the greatest fullback line of all time. Uh, Adrian Hickmont, the other Hawk that signed, and Chris Newman has re-signed. So Sam Mitchell getting his coaching uh, department pretty well established. West Coast have landed Port Adelaide midfielder, midfield coach Jared Schofield. He's returning uh, to WA. Geelong midfield coach Matty Knights is also going to West Australia as well. There's been some list changes too, but uh, Mark in Sunshine has been waiting patiently. G'day, Mark. Hey, Sam, how are you, mate? That was brilliant. That was brilliant with Hillary's. Thank you, you mate. Know, that was, if, if people to be so negative, it just shows the mindset of people. How could you be so negative to a lovely lady? I don't know. Seriously. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Mark, make, we'll, wait, we'll keep it I positive. Won't throw the face down. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I remember in 19, 2017, I was in New York, and I got up at like 4 o'clock in the morning to watch the Adelaide and Geelong prelim, and I was in a bar called the Australian, and the Storm were playing Brisbane the same time in a major final as well. It wasn't a grand final, but I think it was a prelim, and they had it on exactly the same time. So it's not the first time that the Storm was sort of uh, scheduled to play a final against an AFL game. Just go... Just, I just lost you for a bit there, Mark. What was that? In 2017, I was, I was over, yeah, I got over that New part. York. What was the last part that you, you just said? The Storm played the Brisbane Broncos the same time Geelong played Adelaide in the 2017 prelim on a Friday night. Yeah. The Storm were playing because downstairs in the bar was a was a was a Geelong Adelaide game, and I went upstairs and I was watching part of the, the Storm Brisbane game. So it's not the first time the NRL scheduled the Storm to play like against um, a, a Victorian side playing in a final. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, it, and but this is even worse, Mark, because it's a grand final. So it's two Victorian oh, clubs in a granny, uh, and they've still said no, no. We we we're only concerned about our product. Well, it showed that they just weren't concerned about the storm at all, um, and that's not how uh, that's not how you keep making footholds in a. In, a, in an emerging market. I mean, the Storm have done everything that they could possibly do to gain as good a foothold as they have. They've upheld their end. But it's a pretty constant theme with the NRL who look down their noses a little bit when it comes to looking down south. And, and there's many at the NRL who I think, and there's a lot in that game, you just got to listen to the, some of the media commentary coming out of Sydney, that they have such a bent against the Melbourne Storm. They can't stand the fact that the most successful club since they've joined the NRL has been the Melbourne Storm. It, it drives some of them in Sydney up the wall and any chance they get to sink the boot in, any chance they get to try and bring them down, uh, they don't miss. And it's a shame that the game doesn't um, do more to just acknowledge that the, the powerhouse club in your competition, whether you like it or not, comes out of Melbourne, and that's where their supporter base and fan base are uh, as well. So it's the right decision made. Peely's in Inverley. G'day, Peely. Uh, g'day, Sammy, mate. Uh, firstly, I think, old mate, before me just stole my thunder, but anyone who's negative towards Hillary, then, you're just a flog. You're just a genuine <laughs> flog. Pull it together, I reckon. I, I was going to bag for the Bulldogs. Now I'm bagging for the D's because of that. I'm going for them. But... 
What I'm here really for is to talk about Peter Volandis and his stupid decision-making. He's always against the Melbourne Storm, and it's great to see that the NRL pulled their finger out and, and made sure that we could uh, we could watch the Storm before the uh, the real footy code grand final uh, in a couple of weeks. It'd be good to uh, get an early start, I reckon, for the for the main game. Yeah, Peely, uh, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, how, how good a day is that going to be now uh, in a couple of weeks' time? Do you be able to watch the Storm? Um, nice build-up into then uh, the greatest uh, day of the year, AFL Grand Final Day. So that just makes it even better. Um, so I can't wait for that. I'll certainly be tuning in to see the Storm stitch up either Penrith or Parramatta uh, in that game and get themselves through to another Grand Final and hopefully go back-to-back. Uh, it's going to be a very good day indeed. Uh, plenty more making news. We'll work our way through that. The reaction today um, from the prelim finals, and you can have your say on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'll take you through what some of the biggest names on the station have had to say today. Uh, 0433981116 off the temper text. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. I uh, like this one off the text. Hi, Sam. Great show. Uh, that's not, I mean, I like that, but that's not the point of it. I'm a Bulldogs fan, and I'm sure many other fans share my thoughts. 2021 is a win-win scenario for me, as I hope we win the flag, but after listening to your chat with Hillary, I'd be happy for the long-term Melbourne fans who might feel how I did in 2016. That's the spirit. That's what it's all about. That's brilliant. So there's not a name attached to that, but I love that text. Thank you very much. That, to me, encompasses all that is good. Now, we might not agree with certain things about umpires and all that, but some people missed the point of that chat before, and that's okay. It's, it's tough times, trying times, people a little bit more on edge. I understand that. But I, th- I think that's a text for someone who absolutely gets it and has a great outlook to it. And uh, I just wanted to share that one because that is the spirit of it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 1116 A couple of other things making news today from a delistings point of view. Essendon have made some list changes. Um, uh, Irving Mosquito and Essendon have agreed to part ways. Ned Carl and Lockie Johnson have not been offered contracts in 2022. Lockie... Um, is uh, Brisbane Lions legend Chris Johnson's son. Uh, Irving Mosquito, pick 38 in the 2018 draft. Uh, he didn't add to his four games this year. In May, the club gave him a leave of absence to return to his hometown of Halls Creek as he was rehabbing from an ACL. Um, the club parted ways uh, with Mosquito and, and in a statement they said he, he struggled to meet the demands of AFL football paired with his desire to return home to be with family and elders in his tight-knit community uh, of Halls Creek. Um, so that's it's a, that's the, one of the stories coming today. And geez, I, I remember calling his debut, which I'm fairly sure was in um, the, the Dreamtime game uh, in Darwin, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, it showed a ton of potential of him, Mosquito. But we wish him well for, for the next phase uh, of his life. Um, Rob Dog's in Ormond. G'day, Rob Dog. G'day, Sammy. How are you, pal? Look, Good I mate. like your work on the um, the Bulldogs show. You know, do, do you do the pre-game thing? Oh, thank you. You've got to powder your head a bit, mate. It's a bit shiny. Anyway. I know. I, do you know what? I do powder it, Rob, and such yep. is the intensity of the sheen from my bonds that it penetrates the powder. It, that's that's a, you, You've got to change your producer, mate. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's not their fault. It's it's. I need a stronger... Um, well, I don't even know what the thing is I call, but they say, what that thing on your head, and hopefully people don't have to wear sunnies while they're watching this, but... Uh, yeah, weird. no, you're, doing <laughs> beautiful. No, you're working beautifully. You're working beautifully. What I wanted to say about yes. having the shadow, right? Yep. Now, I've got a cousin who came from 
Northern Victoria, played for Essendon originally. Uh, his uh, career faltered, went to Geelong, and there was homesickness problems, all sorts of stuff going on, right? Mm. Now, can you imagine being a Koori kid, uh, an Indigenous boy, yep. who comes from Falls Creek, he's away from his uh, his unit. I mean, I, I, you know, we've got to do this better for these these kids, these uh, Koori boys, you know, like... You're not getting it. White boys are homesick and want to go home. It's can you imagine the the, the culture clash they've got? Oh. Uh, I just think that I think we've got to do better as a, as clubs. And I know Essendon does it really well, but we've got to be sympathetic to that. Um, yeah, Rob. We, I mean, it's it, it's certainly um, it's certainly a space where you know it's continuing to learn and listen. Um, and find out more about uh, and 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 get better at, at uh, well, I don't know if getting better, but continue to develop um, any young players transition into the game. Um, the it, it may just be a case of having seen what AFL football is all about. That uh, Irving said, I'd actually prefer to live my life in a different way. So, um, and and that's a lot of players make that call. I mean, I've grown up around players. That that you know, there's there's always stories of players that go to the big league and say that's not for me, and it might just be as simple as that, Rob. So I understand what you're saying about doing everything we can to to make sure that the the way in which players are brought into the system and 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 worked through the system is as good as it can be. I don't think any club would disagree with you on that. Um, you know, we're going to be having Indigenous liaison officers mandatory at clubs and things like that, but um, this might just be someone who said oh, I'd prefer to go home and and live at home. Um, it could it could just be that. Um, Damien's calling from Frankston North. G'day, Damien. G'day, Sam. I'm sorry about... Uh, obviously, I, rang you, I think it was Thursday. I said Geelong would win. does take a brave man to ring in and apologise. I'm very sorry, Sam. <laughs> hey, Damien, you don't have to apologise at all. Uh, I tipped Port Adelaide to beat Western Bulldogs. Um, you know, I picked the doggies. Yeah, fantastic. There you go. So you were you were one out of two, and I was cool. one out of two. So you don't need to apologise at all, Damo. It's um, I, I didn't think Geelong would win. I thought Melbourne would do it pretty comfortably, um, and they did. But I, I got the other one wrong. So mate, uh, no need to apologise at all. Just one, one, just one, uh, just two points. The first point, um, I like your tweet on Twitter on I think it was Friday. It's good to see the red and the. Blue playing well. Is that your tweet or something on um, Friday, possibly? I think I look. I tweet probably once a year. I share the tweets from the show, Damien. Um, I'm not a massive tweeter. Um, I find Twitter to be a bit of a toilet. Um, that's just my personal view. But I did tweet out and put on uh, my Instagram for my I think four followers combined on both platforms. Um, that no matter who you barrack for right now, every heart's beating true for the red and the blue. Uh, I just thought it was a, a beautiful moment, and uh, I'm a big fan of um, fans getting to experience the ultimate joy in, in our game. That's uh, That might, for some, might sound sappy. It might sound overly uh, romantic, but I'm a big fan of, of, of fans getting to experience the ultimate joy in the game. And um, I loved it when the Bulldogs were able to get that in 2016, a 62-year drought. Uh, and now Melbourne might be able to overcome a 57-year drought. Uh, and that would be a beautiful thing. It'd be a wonderful story. 
you just have to go and read some of the articles that people have been writing about the journey from even even from all the way back to 64 to now for Melbourne and everything that they've gone through. And, yeah, some of that and a lot of that can be self-inflicted, but certainly a lot of it isn't. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I, I'd rather be accused of being... <laughs> I'd rather be accused of uh, of being a bleeding heart or... Um, or, or an overly romantic or a bit of a, a sap than, than being cold-hearted and, you know, um, harsh or, or something like that. So, yeah, no, I, I was really, I really enjoyed what I was seeing on, on Saturday night from a, from a demon's point of view. And I've um, got some mate, mates of mine that are, uh, some very close friends of mine that are, that are Melbourne fans that have never seen uh, a premiership in their lives and they're my age I'm 40 and they're, they're the same age as me and I've um, got one of my best mates um, whose father and they're all they're, the whole family in Melbourne six kids um, their, their father passed away earlier this year and I text my mate on Saturday night and said somewhere Kev is smiling uh, and cheering loudly and he just reminded me that it was actually six months to the day on Saturday night that uh, his father passed away who was as passionate a D's man as any and all the kids Barrett from Melbourne and they're all in different parts of Victoria um, in lockdown or in various stages thereof uh, watching that so it was an emotional night for their family and my heart was going out to them as well as uh, many D's fans and people like Hillary who, who called in before so yeah I love the romance of it Damien um, so that was what that tweet was was all about. Um, 1-300-736-736. We'll continue just looking at some of the reaction from the biggest names from the prelims today. Um, Sean Hampson is a story today. He's heading to be the ruck coach of Carlton's AFLW team, which is fantastic. And Josh Marnie, who's at the Essendon Footy Club at the moment, has officially withdrawn from the running to be the AFL's new head of footy, according to Jake Nile in The Age. So Steve Hocking vacated. He's heading to Geelong. They were going to split that role into two, but uh, it's now uh, one contender down. Josh Marnie electing not to continue on with that process as well. Keep your calls coming through, one 736 736 Yeah, the emotional side of it's interesting. Um, obviously, straight after the game, you're buzzing, you're, you're pinching yourself um, coming to the realisation that you're playing in a grand final. But for us, we're very lucky. We had the, the experience two weeks ago where we are in this exact position, had two weeks off before a, a big game against Geelong. So we're putting our trust in the experts, Darren Burgess. Um, he's he's going to put in a program that we trust. And like I said today, this is our, our day one of building towards Saturday in a week or two weeks' time, and we just can't wait. Yeah, we're all adults, so that's the beauty of it. Um, he puts it up to, to us what we feel like we need to do to best prepare. I'm very fortunate. I have family over here from Adelaide. Um, that's something that, for me, I'm able to get away from footy for a few days, reset um, the emotional side of it as well, um, seeing the joy that they they feel watching Melbourne uh, perform at a high level. So, for me, that's spending time with family. Other boys that might be getting down the beach, um, just making sure that you don't play the game in your head too many times before... Uh, it comes around and something that we've gone along the lines of is you can lose the grunting now, but you can't win it right now. And that's all around the decisions you make building up to training. We've got a massive hit out on Saturday, which we're looking forward to, that will prepare like a game and hopefully get a lot out of it. That was Alex Neil Bullen, um, Melbourne Ford, just speaking about the gap between the game on the weekend to how they fill in the time between now and the grand final in uh, 11 days' time or whatever it is. 
And that's that's a question that we're all posing to ourselves at the moment. Uh, the coaches' votes are in, the Gary Ayres medal votes. So from the weekend's game, no surprise that Max Gorn's five-goal performance got him ten votes. Petrarca Salem got the six. Oliver the four, Viney the three, and Cozzy Pickett the one. Not a Geelong player in those votes, and you probably wouldn't have expected there to be. Uh, Bailey Smith and Jack McRae got the nine uh, in the Western Bulldogs' win over Port Adelaide. Mitch Hannon got the five. The Bont three, Aaron Norton two, Trelaw and Shackey both got a vote as well. Uh, Sam's in Noble Park. G'day, Sam. Sam, how are you, buddy? Always great listening to you. Thank you. Um, just had a quick uh, sort of point, a couple of points. Uh, one in relation to, obviously, the um, uh, mosquito, um, you know, uh, putting his hand up and saying he obviously moving on. Yep. Um, it's a, I want to say a saying that's very old, but I feel like it's very accurate for AFL at the moment, and it is that whatever glitters is not always gold. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, AFL sometimes from the outside might look like, um, you know, that, oh, this is it, this is what I want to do. But sometimes when you get in, and for any, any genuine reasons, it might not be your passion, which he, he said. Um, I think it's very much relatable to AFL at the moment. Uh, like, you know, for example, you use Bailey Smith, you know, he's the next big thing at the moment. He's kicked for seven goals or eight goals in three matches, and he's like the next superstar. But you never know what's going on internally. So I think from Mosquito's point of view, I've, um, it's uh, it's a great thing that he's put his hand up and actually said that, look, it wasn't my passion, and I just want to move on from it. So I think it's a very good call for me, being a young kid. That's a good decision. Um, and secondly, not relating to Mosquito, but in general, I wanted to get your opinion on who do you think has been a bigger loser? And when I say loser in the sense of um, not getting what they wanted to get out of 2020, the Brisbane Lions losing a home prelim, or 2021, Port Adelaide losing the home prelim? Well, Who's been a bigger loser, according to you? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not rap- I, I wouldn't call either of them losers. I would say that they've both missed golden opportunities uh, and they would both feel that so I would have them equally um, I suppose as disappointing in terms of that both teams have had uh, got two finals at home uh, and two opportunities uh, to, to get through uh, and they weren't able to claim them so and both of them now have got a sort of unenviable finals records I've got no concerns about Brisbane at all I still think 60% of their list are still yet to play or get into their sweet spot so I think that they'll be absolutely fine next year. Um, I, I think that Port Adelaide will be fine too. But as Kane Corn says today, the review of this game is very important. There was just so many things that were a, a real shock that they didn't do. There's one thing to be outplayed, but were they outprepared as well? Uh, were they a little bit too comfortable coming in? Um, did they just expect to get through? There's a lot of questions to ask. I've probably got more questions about Port Adelaide this year than I have about Brisbane last year that that's probably the best way I can answer that, not really having put a heap of thought into it. But I wouldn't put either above the other. I mean, they'd both be really disappointed that they let that opportunity uh, go through that they had in the situation that they were in. And given what their preparation was able to be for those games in both years, as opposed to their opposition's preparation uh, to those years. I mean, it couldn't have been any harder for the Western Bulldogs and it couldn't have been any easier for Port Adelaide. So make of that what you will. Uh, Muzzer's in Geelong before we get to the first serve. BP's up soon. Muzzer, hello, mate. Hello, it was just letting people know that the first grand final you go to is uh, awfully awesome, exhilarating and frightening uh, 
when you walk into a stadium like I did in 99 with 113,000 and the stand that I sat in is no longer there, um, that's fairly exciting. And uh, all the Melbourne supporters, I wish you luck, but I have a foot in the Bulldogs camp, so go Bullies. Beautifully done, Mars. Great to hear from you, mate. Uh, thank you very much. Always uh, great to have you on. Hey, uh, first serve, uh, epic US Open. So we've got uh, an 18-year-old winner and we've got uh, a, a Grand Slam denied and Daniel Medvedev claimed his first uh, ever major. And what about Dylan Orcott? A golden slam. That is one of the greatest sporting achievements in Australian history. So that and a whole lot more to discuss for BP. Sam Groth waiting to go. I'll be back with you at eight for Heroes and Villains for the Sporting Capital. Uh, I'll see you in an hour's time. First serve's up next. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.